everyone. Welcome back to Sustainability Speaks. I'm your host, Anastasia. On today's podcast, we are very excited to welcome Yogesh, who's HubSpot's first ESG director. For those who aren't familiar with HubSpot, it's one of the biggest CRM and project management softwares with over 7,000 employees and over 150,000 customers worldwide. Yogesh, welcome. It's very, very exciting to have you on this podcast. Um, I think just to start us off, it would be great if you could introduce yourself and give a brief overview of HubSpot and your role as well. Yes, I will do. Thank you very much, Anastasia, and really excited to be part of your podcast. I'm Yogesh Chohan, and I started with HubSpot in February of this year. Um, as some of you who might be familiar with HubSpot uh, will know, we are a SaaS company, so a software as a service company, focusing on a CRM platform, which is a customer relationship management platform. Um, as you've already rightly said, we have uh, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of customers, and we're a rapidly growing company. We have a presence, uh, we, uh, a large presence in uh, the US and in Ireland, and we have an emerging presence uh, all across the world. I'm based in London, but have a gro- global role for the company. Thank you very much for that overview. I think I'm just going to jump right into the first question. So as I mentioned, uh, right before we started recording is I'm actually quite familiar with HubSpot. I used it in some of the previous roles that I had. And I guess for some of our other listeners who, for when, when they first think of HubSpot, they may not necessarily link it to sustainability or do so directly. So could you please tell myself and the listeners about HubSpot's focus areas in sustainability? Of course, yeah. So let me start by setting out the context, first of all, uh, for us as a company. Our purpose as a company is actually to build a company that future generations would be proud of. So it's a pretty audacious and a a, a kind of, I, I guess, ambitious uh, purpose that we have. Our mission is actually to help millions of organizations grow better. And really, my role in both of those fronts is to ensure that we as a company are resilient, that, you know, we build in resilience to ensure that we manage and cope with some of the changes going around uh, 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 around us, both in terms of environmental impacts, but also social impacts, etc. And also in a kind of ensuring that we add value. So, you know, as, um, we employ thousands of people, but, you know, our employees are human beings. They have families. We live in communities. And it's about ensuring that we are seen as a force for good in those communities. There's also the kind of ethical and governance side of our business and ensuring that, you know, we, um, we, we take data privacy, security very seriously, that we are transparent in all that we do as a business and that our customers and our other various stakeholders can find reassurance 
in dealing with us in terms of having trust in us as a company. So really, my job is to engineer and support all of those things. It's not to say that I'm solely responsible for for those things, but essentially to raise those as an issue in the business and making sure that we are delivering on all fronts across the the ESG uh, waterfront. So a very interesting point that you've just touched upon is, you know, the fact that sustainability is so much more than just environmental and social impacts. I think in general, when people think of sustainability, they think of environmental impacts first. Then if they know enough about ESG, they think about social. But the G is actually forgotten a lot of the time, which stands for governance. You've mentioned um, employees at HubSpot and As we've mentioned at the beginning, there are various, so 7,000 employees at the company. At HubSpot, how do you engage your employees to help them find their purpose? And what, what do you do in order to make this happen? And also, why is this important? In essence, uh, the vast majority of our employees join HubSpot because they have fallen in love with the company. And I, I don't use that word lightly. And by falling in love with the company, it's about what we espouse in our culture. It's a culture that is all-embracing. We actually really place a huge importance on what we term DIMB, which is diversity, inclusion and belonging. And a culture that actually gives an individual a huge amount of autonomy to manage themselves, to do the right thing to put our customers first, then the company, and then finally themselves in in, in that priority uh, order. And and what we try and do is to ensure that we create the environment for our employees to flourish. And so, you know, from from a, a sustainability or an ESG perspective, The kinds of things we really focus on is, for example, transparency and accountability and trust and building, you know, a huge amount of trust. The things that are the building blocks of all of those is ensuring that we remain ethical, that we manage our risks as a company so that if you're an employee coming to join us, then you can be reassured that actually you're working for a company that isn't necessarily going to get into trouble because we are damaging the inadvertently or advertently damaging the environment or that we are actually generating profits in a slightly questionable manner etc so you know those are the kind of building blocks that the company has espoused for many years and what we have tried to do in terms of supporting and encouraging our employees is build on that and to ensure that they have a significant role to play in driving our ESG agenda as well. And so, you know, we engage our employees on environmental issues. We encourage them to give back to their communities. So we have um, company time available for individuals to volunteer back into the community. And we run a huge raft of campaigns That's about integrating, supporting, engaging our employees in building the culture that we have. Just 
previously as well, when you've mentioned uh, diversity, inclusion and belonging, was what you just described in terms of that engagement with your employees and making them trust the organization that they work for, is that the belonging side of it or are there some other aspects to it as well? I think that is one aspect of it, yes. Um, and then I guess the other aspects are around what we describe as our, our kind of distinctive and unique culture. And that is a culture whereby we really focus on engaging our employees, whether it's in having fun events, whether it's about transparency. And so, you know, transparency is, I, I, I would want to emphasize that a bit more in terms of the extent to which we operate our business and share information internally. I've been so impressed with the fact that, you know, everything we do as a company, a large majority of it is shared internally and is available for our employees to know about. And so, you know, um, rarely have I worked for a company where I've had to actually, uh, I've had so many employees know so much about ESG, largely because they're curious and also because I have shared and wanted to share lots of information. So I think that area is is really important for our employees as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think that especially my generation, when now people are looking for employment, coming out of university or, you know, being out of university for a couple of years, I think that transparency element is becoming ever so more important, which is obviously great um, as an employee and also as an employer, you know, you're able to then adjust and change your policies to actually become a better business. So I can see how that is very, very important. And of course, great that you have that at HubSpot. Um, I wanted to move slightly on to discussing emissions um, at HubSpot. So as you mentioned at the beginning, HubSpot is a software as a service. And perhaps when you think of online platforms, you don't necessarily correlate that with carbon emissions. Could you perhaps talk a little bit about how do your emissions manifest and also what do you do to reduce them? Of course, yes. So in terms of our carbon emissions, they are not too different to other companies. So we have direct emissions and indirect emissions. And in terms of, you know, we, we employ seven and a half thousand employees. We have offices across the world. All of those generate carbon in some shape or form, whether it's our employees commuting to work or traveling for business whether it's operating from our own offices. In, equally as importantly, or if not more importantly, it, the carbon that's emitted by our employees who work from home. We have a really strong hybrid culture and a, a significant proportion of our employees choose to either work from home permanently or at flex. And so th the emissions that are generated from that are also our responsibility. So that is much like most businesses. And so um, regardless of what we do, that is part and parcel of our accountability in terms of our, our kind of uh, uh, immediate scope one and scope two emissions. What is significant is our scope three emissions, 
which essentially kind of form different um, areas. And the most significant of, of, of those is our supply chain. And so um, whilst we as a business do generate emissions directly, our supply chain is by far and away the largest emitter of our emissions. And those are goods and services that we purchase as a business. And that would account for probably 90% of our emissions. And a large proportion of that is essentially the technology that goes into running HubSpot as a platform. So the cloud services that we purchase in order to run HubSpot. And that area is a significant area of interest for us in terms of how do we manage that and what kind of level of accountability do we have for that emission. And like all the other aspects of our emission, we are grappling it we are looking at how we can um, reduce it and how we can um, create some targets over the, 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 the medium and long term. So we are in the process of setting something called science-based targets in order to reduce those emissions and then carry on the journey to net zero as well. And as part of that, we have developed plans, initiatives, yeah, and and uh, a, a, a dialogue across the business around how do we re- reduce those emissions, whether it's looking at our facilities and trying to ensure that we are making judicious investments and managing our buildings more effectively, whether it's looking at travel and how do we move our employees around and how do we do that in a more sustainable way, whether it's the events we organise and the emissions that they generate, and whether it's our supply chain and particularly our cloud-based suppliers and how do we work with them to ensure that the, the services that they are providing over a period of time the carbon emissions related to that are reduced. And that is through dialogue, engagement, conversations, and also setting some kind of aspirations for the kinds of uh, suppliers that we want to have relationships with in the future. One thing that you mentioned that is uh, very prevalent and relevant uh, to the way that people work at the moment, I think especially as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic, is working remotely and working from home. Um, I'm personally one of these people who works from home all the time. Uh, Would you say that the offering and the service that HubSpot provides in terms of, you know, CRM and project management, would you say that it also helps your clients reduce their emissions because it enables people to work effectively from home versus needing to travel into the office or even travel for, you know, cross borderly for meetings. Of course. Yes. yes. So I'm uh, taking, taking a very kind of broad sweep at that question. I'm a huge believer in the power of technology as a, a solution or an aid to driving uh, emissions down. And that technology can take many different forms from, you know, kind of engineering technological feats through to digital technology. 
and how digital technologies can actually replace some of the kind of physical engagement that we have previously had to do and how that digital um, uh, um, technology can drive efficiencies which by their very nature very often are related to low uh, carbon footprint and so yes you know kind of we are a marketing tech company and we are bringing technology solutions to marketing the whole life cycle of marketing and those technology solutions by their very nature enable our our customers our employees to work in a much more efficient way whether it's about not having to travel or whether it's about say not having to send as many emails which in itself has a carbon footprint or whether it's about um uh, in, ensuring that your relationship with your client is managed in a very effective way in a timely way because you are using um uh, artificial intelligence and other types of technology to really kind of uh, em- embrace that closer relationship with your customers uh, through digital technology so all of this the sum total of it is actually very good for the environment there are however you know rebound effects uh, which one needs to be mindful of and and I'll give you a quick example of a re- rebound effect which is the 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 advent of low energy lighting the fact that most of us probably have led lighting nowadays in our homes is great it reduces energy use and therefore you reduces carbon however a lot of researchers found that we have a tendency to actually leave the lights on more than we have done previously and so that rebound effect limits the 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 the, the benefits of those technologies so we are mindful of those kinds of effects that digital technology has and those are some of the things that we are beginning to gradually take a bit more of a deep dive into in terms of how can despite what i've said in terms of digital technology being very good for the environment and in terms of uh, uh, reducing carbon in, in, uh, footprint what can we do to accelerate that and how can we limit some of the negative impacts and some of the kind of unintended consequences that that might potentially have yeah i think you've made a very interesting point there in terms of digital technology and its use um in you know every sense of the word that being for work or also just personal personal life it is a double edged sword right because you people are able to work from home but if they're home more then they are using a lot more energy to be at home that's right yeah Yeah, I wanted to go back in time slightly um, and talk about your time at the BBC briefly. So, Yogesh, you created the first corporate responsibility team at the BBC. uh, And could you please touch upon that experience just for me and the listeners to know how that came about? Sure. So I I worked at the BBC for many years and took a significant interest in how the corporation 
as it has evolved over the many years from being a, a treasured institution uh, in the UK and continues to be a treasured institution in the UK, can actually become much more part of the nation and you know the 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 analogy or not the analogy but the the kind of the the phrase i i often use is that how the corporation could change from broadcasting onto the nation which was always its kind of original purpose to broadcasting with the nation so how can you engage the nation in the BBC and be and the nation being part of the BBC. And that had many different strands to it, uh, some of which I led, some of which I helped coordinate, some of which I helped inspire, uh, um, but some of which happened very independently of me. And that includes things like, for example, ensuring that some of the programme contents that we developed had a significant social dimension. So we developed uh, programming techniques such as for a program such as EastEnders, where you would have storylines about social issues, whether it was domestic violence, adult literacy, etc. And that would then emerge into an issue in that uh, TV program, at the end of which the continuity announcer would announce that, you know, if you were affected by this, then there would be a whole bunch of resources there for you to uh, lean on or connect with. And that was some of the work we did. And it included um, programs like uh, Blue Planet, for example. So if you're uh, inspired by the beautiful content of the Natural History Unit and the programs that they made, then you could actually pursue that interest in marine biology through the partnerships we created with, in that case, um, the Open University, to actually eventually doing a degree in marine biology. Another strand of the work at the BBC was very much looking at our physical presence. So the BBC owned or leased huge uh, um, estates uh, across the UK. And in some instances, those properties were very much devoid of a connection with the local immediate community. And West London in White City being a, 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 an example in, 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 in points. And now, if you have a look at those same buildings, those buildings are do not have the large fences or the barriers, etc. They're part and parcel of the local community. There are events that are held in the summertime on the green. Uh, there are shops, there's um, a post office, etc., that not only employees, but local communities can use, etc. So our presence being almost seen uh, and, and turning it around to an asset rather than uh, for the local community, rather than a, a them and us. Yet another dimension of uh, what I did was actually look at how we made programmes themselves and how can uh, TV programmes in particular be made more sustainably and we developed a, a a methodology which was the starting point of which was a carbon calculator so if you're a tv production you would um type in the details of what you were going to do in terms of how many trucks you were going to use 
where you were going to film, what kind of catering facilities you were using, et cetera, et cetera. And it'll give you a carbon footprint. It would also then, through algorithms, uh, give you alternatives of what you could do to reduce your carbon footprint. And as I was leaving the BBC, what we managed to do with that uh, which we called Albert. And the reason we called it Albert was because EastEnders was the first TV programme to use it. And we named it after Albert Square, which is where EastEnders is set. Um, Albert, then what we did was we, we made it available to the whole industry, the production industry. And now if you're watching a TV programme, such as, for example, um, the ITV News uh, or even Channel 4 News, um, more likely than not, you'll see the little Albert logo at the end of the credits to show to show that that TV program has been made in a sustainable manner. So we did a whole manner of really interesting and fascinating things. Um, however, I'm really excited with what we are doing at HubSpot and what we have done so far i think has been great and there's lots that we can do and it's a fascinating company and one that i'm hoping that you know having been with the company for just over 10 months uh and and being given actually a really free hand to develop our plans and strategies i'm hoping that you know in a, a year or so's time, we'll be in a position where we will be able to articulate some of the amazing things that we have in the pipeline for us as a company in the arena of uh, ESG. Gosh, it sounds like there is a whole nother episode that could be done on the film industry and the BBC. Um, thank you so much for that insight. It's very interesting. And just as you said, you were going to answer that question quite um, sweepingly, but um, it was very interesting. Uh, I think also to finish this episode off, it would be great to hear just some advice that you may have for organizations in terms of how they can begin their sustainable journeys early or perhaps slightly later down the line, because I think everyone can agree that it's never too late to improve your sustainable strategy. So my advice, I think there's kind of three things that I would um really advocate to companies starting off on their journey or reviewing their their progress on ESG one is be authentic and that means you know kind of avoid greenwash there's always a temptation to actually not get the basics right and to focus on the nice shiny um uh you know kind of uh, uh, activities that are likely to get you lots of media attention or publicity or wow factor but if you don't have the basics right then there's a real danger that you can find yourself getting unstuck with that so be authentic avoid greenwashing would be one advice the other advice is Really try and, uh, you know, the, the, it's a bit of jargon, but the, understand materiality. So understand what matters to you as a business and take the time to figure that out and decide what your priorities are. Decide what you want to excel in, because actually the waterfront of ESG is huge. There's so many things that a company can and uh, uh, address 
in ESG. And I would recommend that you do some kind of materiality to figure out what is relevant and what is most important for you as a business. Decide what you want to excel in, what you want to simply be, you know, kind of uh, at a par with your peers on. So, you know, good at um, the things that actually you can leave. And it's fine for you to ensure that, you know, kind of you're meeting regulatory standards and not necessarily going above that. So to really begin to kind of intelligently and thoughtfully and intentionally uh, set some priorities. And the kind of final area is, I guess, the whole concept of embedding ESG across the business and making sure that it isn't necessarily the, the the sole responsibility of you as an ESG professional or your team, that actually you articulate across the company that it's almost everyone's responsibility and to empower the whole company to embrace aspects of ESG and to develop that mindset. So, you know, kind of to really kind of, ensure that it's it's permeated across the business as much as it possibly can and your role as an ESG person is largely about facilitating and coordinating that and enthusing individuals and the company to begin to adopt that kind of approach. Great thank you so much that was a great question and answer to wrap us up so, Yogesh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. For all of our listeners, I will include links to HubSpot and any of their ESG initiatives in the description of the podcast and also on our socials. And please make sure to also follow Sustainability Speaks on our socials to keep up to date with our releases and updates. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.